Broadcasting live from the offices of policebackground.net. This is the Police Applicant Podcast with your host, Ken Royball. Hey, welcome everybody to a special episode of the Police Applicant Podcast. This is episode 72. And uh, the reason it's a special episode is because we're meeting up with Westminster Police Department Recruitment. And we're going to find out all about Westminster and um, what's making their hiring process so successful in some very trying times. So before we get started, if we could go around the room and have our guests introduce themselves, give give us a bio of who you are, how long you've been on the job. And uh, we'll start with uh, Wayne. Oh, you're going to start right out with me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you didn't say that was going to happen. <laughs> I worked at a smaller department, came here after three years. I've been here at Westminster since 1994. Um, like all cops, we've worn a number of different hats. Um, I did field training instructor, things like that. Um, right now, I'm in PSU, internal affairs backgrounds. I've been in that job for 22 years. I was on the SWAT team for 21 years. Um, I've been, you know, a defensive tactics instructor. So I guess the value of that is not, not a working stiff behind the desk, so to speak. So um, that's where my answers will come from is just from my past experience. Oh, that's pretty cool. That was uh, investigator Wayne Reed. Um, and uh, Jesse Cohen, tell us about yourself. Yeah. I, uh, I also started a department nearby, a little bit bigger County department was there for about a year and a half. I'm going on my 10th year here. Uh, my first Actually, up until just a couple months ago, I was on patrol. I uh, did patrol the whole time. Uh, along with Wayne, I'm also one of the defensive tactics instructors. There you go. Uh, we use uh, defensive tactics, d- defensive tactics together, and then uh, now, um, basically, you know, working with the recruitment, um, helping out with backgrounds, and and um, I kind of started off doing that while I was on patrol just uh, helping out with some um, some job fairs here and there, and then it eventually turned into a full-time position. So. Oh, cool. And uh, Sergeant Janae Hall, tell us about yourself. I've uh, been here at Westminster for 14 years. Prior to this, I started the jail, smaller agency. Once I wanted to go on patrol, I knew Westminster is where I wanted to be, so applied here. Got sponsored uh, through an academy, which was a blessing at the time. Um, prior, I mean, on the road, I troll field training. And then we have a special enforcement team, so kind of fugitive type stuff. I went to that, um, got promoted out of that unit to sergeant, did troll uh, for a year or two, and then just got this PSU sergeant position, uh, recruiting, hiring, internal affairs. Um, been doing this for about a year now. So cool. And at PSU is public safety unit. Uh, professional professional service unit or section. Okay. PSU, PSU. We kind of call it, yeah. And what is what is the the function of PSU in total? Um, so we handle internal affairs, complaints, things like that. We're also in charge of backgrounds, hiring, recruiting, and our training division is in us as well. Units in us. Okay, and so you've been on fourteen years, and Jesse, you have been on how long? So I'm in my tenth year here, and I had about a year at uh, a county. So I'm I'm going on eleven. Okay. And Wayne, how long have you had total? Oh, total. Uh, started in 1990-ish. <laughs> I think it was 90. 
<laughs> it, yeah, it goes on 29 years here and three prior. 29. That's pretty great, man. Are you uh, you getting ready to uh, pull the pin anytime? Oh, let's hear what he's going to yeah, say. We, <laughs> we don't even know. <laughs> Never. I'll yeah. die here. That's funny. I love it. I'll yeah. die here. Yeah. Oh, man. One day, one day I, w- I was, I don't know what it was. I think I woke up one morning and I said, ah, you know what? That was fun. I'm going to go do something else now. It just, it just came to me. I decided I was going to retire. So I did, uh, but not really. So uh, there's, as long as you have something to do when you retire, you always have to have something to do. I sat around for three years thinking I was going to sleep in for three years. And then after that, I had to go do something else. So uh, as long as you have a, a game plan, uh, but retirement's a good gig. So, uh, Westminster Police Department and City. Apparently, you know, the interesting thing about, about Colorado is uh, there's not a lot of news stories that are negative towards the cops in Colorado, because I, 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 I keep track of the news from all over the nation every single day. And I rarely get a lot of stories coming out of on the national level for Colorado, but Westminster, and I talked to Jesse about this, Westminster appears to be kind of a uh, popular place to do police work. Can you tell us a little bit about Westminster PD and what the city's like, the size, what's the, what's the, uh, what's it like to live in Westminster? Yeah, we actually are kind of like, I guess you'd call us like a destination department. Um, I, when I first got hired, um, when I tested for my first, my original apartment, they actually weren't hiring and it was pretty disappointing. So I just applied, got hired wherever I could. And, um, as soon as Westy opened up, so sorry, we're known as Westy. Um, as soon as Westy opened up, I applied and was able to get on. Um, so for those of you guys that don't know, which I'm assuming is most of you out in California, um, we're pretty much right between Denver and Boulder. We're about 12 miles north of Denver, maybe, I don't know, 10 minutes, um, southeast of Boulder, right in between there. It's a good metro area, uh, suburban department or suburban city, about 120,000 people. Um, and the department, we kind of say we're like the sweet spot size. So we run like a big department. Um, we have our own specialty units. We've got our own SWAT team, canines, narcs, SROs, traffic motors, um, undercover, our set team, our fugitive unit, you name it. But we're small enough where you know everybody knows everybody. We're about 200 or so um, officers, so it's a good it's a good size where there's a lot of opportunity to grow. But you're not going to get lost in you know if you're working in one of these you know departments with 20,000 people and and you know about one percent of your department. Um, and it is it is kind of the it is kind of one of the one of the the better ones I guess in, in Colorado. Um, and we're starting to become national too. We've had a lot of national, um, a lot, a lot of nationwide hires recently from out of state. I think we have like 12, 10 or 12 yeah, yeah. from out of state. Um, and they come here first off in Colorado, hunting, fishing, outdoors, mountains, skiing, snowboarding, you name it. But as they get here, they see the way that we run the department and how efficient we are, our training, um, the morale, the, the leadership that we have. So it's, it's uh, it's been a very, very, very good department to work for, and, and it's easy for me to go out and talk to talk about the department when I when I talk to people looking to apply because I just tell them what we do. I don't have to 
make anything up because everything that we have is here and is, is very good. That's cool. What, uh, what's the population of Westminster? Uh, we're about 120,000, I think, um, at least documented. Yeah, that's a, that's a decent size city. I want, I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to Wayne and then Janae. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to put you on the spot. What, uh, <laughs> you guys have been there a few years, uh, along with Jesse, uh, Wayne and Janae, what is it about Westminster PD that makes you, makes you, I guess, love the department? Because in, in 2023, uh, the departments that get the most, uh, news stories are the ones that are having problems and Westminster doesn't seem to be having that, that problem. So what is it about Westminster that makes it such a great place to work? Um, well, I think one of the biggest things that why I, you know, had a successful career and I like it, like our department so much is we, our admin supports us, our chief supports us, um, but we also have a supportive city and city council and all those things play a part in making the job what it is because every angle you get supported by. So, and they just let us go out and do our job. They let us go out and make decisions and I mean, the community wants to feel safe and they want us to do that job. So I think that's why it's been so easy, why um, it's easy to go out and say what a great department is. I mean, when you look at all three of us, we've all lat- we all lateraled over here and we get a ton of laterals. That's majority of our hires are all laterals mm. because they'll go out and get hired at their first job and then get the reputation of Westminster and how we treat our you know employees and then they'll want a lateral. So I think that's why we've been successful, just because of the support we get from everybody. Okay. Yeah, I'd second that. Like right off the bat, the first thing when you put me on the spot that came to mind is the people. But it, that's one small part of it, but it's all incorporated together. It's it's the people and the support. Um, the biggest thing I hear from other departments is lack of support, and not even with their own admin, but typically with the city. And I think we all know, especially you know, none of us are youngsters here, so we've seen that it starts at the top. And if you don't have your city's support at the highest levels, it's hard to do your job at the lowest levels. And um, we have that. And I I think that's unique. And I came from another department as well where the grass always looks greener Mm -hmm. and I was doing well there. They liked me just like here. We all had successful careers at other departments. We got here. It's a little scary. You wonder, is the grass greener? And it truly was here, but to be succinct about it, I'd say it's the people and the support. We are we are supported through every layer, and as cops, we recognize the job's tough. This is not an easy job, no. and a lot of times, where even cops are they're black and white thinkers, but this is a gray area job, and it's how you navigate the gray areas that matters, and that's when you really need the support all the way up and down the chain. Yeah, that's good to hear because there's so many agencies that I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of whirlwind that happened after 2020, and there's a lot of departments that chose to change, and the leadership has been the downfall of many many agencies. And it sounds like Westminster is not did not uh, fall in line with that, and they're supporting their officers. I mean, mental health is important, and just keeping you know, backing your officers is a big deal. Um, 
especially from the from the chief's office on down and the city councils and a lot of people don't understand that and what i tell candidates all the time is when you're applying for police agencies do your research find out what the google is talking about city council the chief's office the department in the news and pick your departments wisely and it sounds like westminster sounds like a, a great place to be as far as the police department, this question is goes out to anybody. As far as the police department goes, um, I'm sorry. How many how many officers do you have uh, on your department? Uh, 186 right now. We're a couple down. Okay, so 186, and and I'm imagining you guys have a pretty good uh, family atmosphere with the department. And yes. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. We definitely, that's one of the biggest things, our camaraderie. And you'll see it, it, you know, every every police department you go to as camaraderie, you go, you know, you get your best friends, the guys you hang out with. And, and um, everybody I've seen that's lateral from somewhere else that comes here, they're almost shocked of just the camaraderie that we have here. It's, it's just different. Um, you know, you come to the shifts and it's, it's literally like a family. I mean, we're, most of us are closer with the people that we work with than we are with our siblings or, you know, our, um, some other members of our family. And it's, it, it is definitely unique and it's hard to explain because I'm sure every, all of your listeners are like, well, yeah, we have camaraderie at our department and I'm sure you do, but until you actually see it here, you don't realize the level of camaraderie and just the closest and the relationships you get with, you know, the guys and girls on your shift and your supervisors and, and even your command staff. Um. Yeah, I, I remember, uh, if I can remember this far back, many years ago I was working a, a patrol division, and uh, the, the normal LEPD patrol divisions were maybe two, 250 officers. And, the, and even though it was, you know, you work at a division for a while, it still didn't have that family atmosphere that I hear from a lot of agencies. Um, so I always like to hear when departments, they're just, you guys are family and that's a big deal. Um, uh, Wayne, I have a question for you. What, where does investigator fall in? Is that a detective? Is that a supervisor? It'd be equivalent of a detective. Okay. Okay. And so, um, Janae, I'd like to know what, uh, what assignments are available? I know Wayne's been on about 200 years and he's worked everything, <laughs> everything. Yeah. I mean, yeah. internal affairs, SWAT, all this kind of cool stuff that everybody wants to work. What are the opportunities like for someone who wants to go, especially a lateral? Let's say a lateral has five years on somewhere. What are the opportunities for someone within the department? Is there canine, SWAT? What what can they do? Yeah, we kind of, we have it all that all the big agency has, which I think is what makes us special with a 200 person department is we have canine. We have how many canines? We have four or five. Four. four. We got four canine uh, full time. And then wow. we have SWAT. We have, we're a part of CMAT, which is a, a task force for auto thefts. We're a part of Safe Streets, which is another uh, FBI task force. We yeah. have FBI task force. Um, we have drug task force. We had obviously investigations, traffic motors. Um, we have a set team that I was on, special enforcement team, which is like undercover, fugitive apprehension kind of focus. Uh, what else? Remember, did you mention SROs? Oh, yeah, SROs. Um, and then I think 
think that covers most of our specialty units, but then obviously we have investigators that are signed in PSU, do backgrounds. Um, Jesse's position is actually brand new. We saw a need for a little bit more focus on the recruiting side. Um, and so his position just became available. We created that. Um, so there's lots of opportunity in our department to change things up and do different things instead of just doing patrol. If there's something that you want to focus on, it kind of have a, a little bit of areas for, I would say, any type of focus on it. And one thing I, I always tell all the all the applicants coming in, so if you're watching and you think about applying, pay attention. Um, if you do want to go to a, a specialty unit, right, whatever it may be, SWAT, detectives, you know, you have to earn it. And you're basically, you have to go through a testing process, but you're basically testing for it day one. So, you know, for example, if you come in and you want to be a detective, because we are small enough where we know everybody, then you better be doing the little things. You know, it's, it's you're going out on your calls and you're processing your scene, you're taking pictures, taking fingerprints, DNA, you're writing good reports, doing good follow-up, you know, taking your cases as far as you can before they get kicked to investigations. Um, so when it's time to, you know, test for that position, it's already kind of assumed that you're going to put in and maybe even anticipated and you might even be asked to put in for it versus, you know, doing something where you're not, you're doing the bare minimum and then all of a sudden you want to jump to this special position, it's going to come up in your test, you know, why, you know, okay, you're put in for this position, but when you're on patrol, you were doing the bare minimum, you aren't doing your follow-up, your tactics were off, whatever it may be. Um, so it, it is good to have our size department so we can pick the right people for the right job. And it gives you that incentive to, to work for whatever position that um, that you might want to go for in your career. That's cool. So there you go. Sorry to interrupt. Um, to tag up to that, just some of the logistics involved. We've come over the last few years to realize the value of laterals and the value that they bring here. Where um, you know we have 200 people, positions are pretty competitive. But one of the things that was holding back laterals at one point was our own policies, where they would come in, but they'd they'd have to wait x amount of time before they could test for things. And I'm thinking of a specific detective who had been in detectives for eight or 10 years at his prior agency. He came here and he's like, he's good. His wheelhouse is being a detective. And that's what he wanted to do here. He just didn't want to wait three years before he could test. Mm. We, as, as an agency have seen the value of people like this with experience. I mean, they know how to be a cop. They know how to be a good detective. Why don't we maximize that value? So, at this point where we're at, some of the changes that we've made administratively is if a person comes in, they can apply to get off probation in six months. Mm. So I'm thinking of a person, and it was, and I don't remember exactly, but it was between six and 12 months this person tested for investigations. And because they were so good at it, they actually won that out. So here's a person who was a 15-year cop at a smaller agency, eight or 10-year detective. He came in here. He did his six or eight months, something like that, and went right to detectives. So those opportunities are there. We saw the value as an organization to change some of those policies and recognize that people coming in here as laterals, they know the job and they bring in valuable experience that we can capitalize on. So this this officer lateraled from somewhere else as a detective? Yes. And then you... Uh, he petitioned to be off probation early and he, then he went to detectives. Yeah. He went into just like everybody else. He started in patrol, went through the field training program. Typically a person comes off probation in a year. 
Um, and all new people come off probation in a year. But because of his prior experience, he petitioned, and it's a formal process that, that we go through, mm-hmm. where he can petition and say, hey, based on my experience, now I understand your systems at your department, um, can I get off probation? And it's it's almost always granted, unless there's a reason not to grant it. Um, so he got off probation in six months, tested for a detective slot, and a couple months later, he was up and investigating. Was your slot, too? We, had, we did have a person do that for SWAT as well. Wow. Those positions, they're highly specialized, and that's a good point. When we bring somebody in who's on a SWAT team and has valuable experience, whether it be military, SWAT team, things like that, we need to maximize and capitalize on that experience and recognize it and not treat them like the newbie and hold them down just because they're they haven't been here for that long. Mm-hmm. So we've, we've capitalized on those skills, and yeah, you're right. We yeah, had a guy prior six, to a year. I think he was here for six or eight months or something, yeah. but he was 15 years in his old department out of state, SWAT for 10 of those. And I mean, why not use that skill? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That is a great idea. Whose idea was that? Because that is a great idea. I think it was mine. Oh, it was my idea. Jesse's <laughs> idea. Sure. Anything not counted for, you know, Jesse's going to take it. We'll just say it was mine. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's a that's a very very good idea because that gives you guys such a foot up as far as a leg up as far as attracting people, um, you know. But if you if you say if you tell a a fifteen year copper come and join us lateral here we're the best department ever and then you got to work patrol for five six years and they've yeah. already done their patrol time but they put time into other unit specialties, um, that's pretty great. Uh, so uh, I applaud you guys for doing that. And that's the kind of out-of-the-box thinking I think that police departments need to look into. The issues that I find with a lot of agencies is the retention factor. Um, I happen I have personal knowledge of everything LAPD, from recruitment to hiring to retention and stuff. LAPD is going to lose LAPD on a normal fiscal year from July to June loses 500 plus officers per fiscal year. This coming January, they're slated to lose 500 officers. That's only half the year, half the fiscal year. And the retention issue is a big deal. So you guys are tackling it uh, in a kind of a two-prong approach. You're recruiting laterals. And then you're giving them an incentive that tells them they're valuable as a police officer. And we value your experience to, to come and work for us. And you actually um, capitalize on that many years of police experience. Um, uh, Janae, what, what efforts do you guys do to reach out to laterals? Um, I think our big success with laterals is just being on calls with a lot of these surrounding agencies. We're not, um, we're obviously smaller than like LA is. So we cover each other a lot surrounding agencies. So I think that when we go on calls with them, they see kind of how we operate, how we handle calls and how we, how we perform, I guess. And word of mouth, just talking to them, a lot of people. Um, we also obviously do the job fairs. We're on, you know, social media on, Police one, we're on a bunch of different types of things, but um, I would say our biggest success has been word of mouth. For we just have a great reputation in the state, and like like Justice said, it's kind of a destination department. So 
us getting laterals, I think we're pretty successful with just because of how our, our department is. I got a funny story with that. Um, we had, and we did oral boards. Oh, it was I know. Like, I know. Like two, <laughs> yeah, so it was like two or three weeks ago. And it was, we had, it was like two or three guys, you know, you asked, you're on an oral board. I'm just going to give a question. It's fine. Right. And you say, okay, why Westminster? Right. Um, you know, you, I'm sure you've conducted interviews and you're kind of looking for that unique um, answer. And I think when we have two or three answers that said, well, I was riding, I was doing a ride along with another department. Right. Uh, there was a couple area departments that they were doing ride alongs with. And I was asking about the job and asking about the city. And all of a sudden, Westy comes on and they go to call Westy and they're like, hey, to be honest with you, Westy's like a great place. Like you should probably go work for them from their other department. And it came up like two or three times on our oral board. We just started laughing. We're like, all right, well, I <laughs> ask that question. I, I guess. know we can't name drop them. Yeah. Because I'm like, we can't cheat my job. But, and that's what it is, is, you know, in the metro area, in Colorado, in the metro area, and you see it. Um, you know, I, I was just at a training um, last week. There's all the departments and then there's Westie. And every time you go there, everybody knows about Westie. Everybody, you know, you just kind of have this like little, it's almost like an aura about you just because they know how efficient we are. And I didn't believe it until I came here and I started going to these trainings or going to these other calls and it was, oh good, Westie's here. Hey, that and they kind of, it was almost like you were the, you know, the leader of whatever, wherever you were at at the time. That's pretty good. I can see, I, I can see walking around your, your uh, police department and I'll bet you there's people just laughing in the hallways, just a very warm, fun atmosphere because you have to have that, uh, in in these trying times in police work and just in police work, Janae Janae's got to look it over. Yeah, we love a lot. Yeah, yeah, in front of Jesse's yeah. theme around here. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. No, it is, it is what it is. You're, you're more than welcome to too. Okay? <laughs> no, that's a gr- go ahead. Uh, one of the patterns we've seen to kind of wrap that up. Um, is and we're seeing this from bigger departments which is kind of nice um where you get one person for whatever reason we seem to get one person trickle in from that department and then it's like opening the floodgates and to us it's a compliment because it means we're doing things right we're treating our people right um and it's hard for laterals especially because you, you you get someplace i mean i was a lateral well actually when i came over there was no such thing as a lateral you started at the bottom again Mm. What, now, 1910 was that? Anyway, so uh, <laughs> this is this is why he doesn't have any friends. But, uh, <laughs> we get one person from a big department, and everyone uses them as their uh, you know their test. Yeah. So, and that's what they trust. They trust their buddy telling them, "Hey, I came over here because the grass looked like it might be greener, and I'll be I'll be darn it is." And then that word of mouth, going back to what Sergeant Hall was saying that word of mouth starts to spread. So the, the pattern is we get one person and then we get four or five more. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's been kind of nice. And I'd say it's a nice problem to have. And the feedback we get is, like I say, it tells us we're treating people right. We're doing the right things because you don't know, you only live in your bubble. You figure you, you assume everybody's doing it the way you're doing it. And then when you hear from other agencies and these are good agencies, mm-hmm. Uh, with good people and they're coming in and telling us that we're doing it a little better. It's nice to hear. And I, I always find it funny when I go to these, you know, recruit events, these job fairs, 
always get a couple of the recruiters to come up to me like afterwards and they'll just whisper like, Hey, are you hiring? And I'm like, yeah, I won't say anything. Or, you know, get their information. Um, yeah. The, the lateral pool is, is really important to tap into. There's uh there's agencies uh, for instance, in Washington State, there were agent. I remember when um, when agencies out here were offering twenty thousand dollars lateral bonuses, and at the time, this was just a couple of years ago. At the time, it was like, holy cow, twenty thousand dollars to lateral from. They wanted them to do lateral from Seattle, and they were getting a lot of a lot of stuff uh, from that. Then the hiring bonuses went up to thirty thousand dollars. All this is mostly on the West Coast, and then they went up to forty thousand dollars, maybe in Las Vegas, but. Uh, Antioch, I think it was Antioch PD in California just offered $75,000 lateral bonuses for police officers. The funny thing about, about this department is you're going, holy cow, there's so much in the hole with recruitment. They're offering $75,000 to lateral there. But when you read the fine print, they're getting the money from the salaries of the officers that bailed on the department. That's where they're getting the money because I don't get that, but, but it sounds like it sounds like uh, some of these agencies they're really they're really hurting to get people and they're offering throwing money at it without changing the atmosphere of the department. That's a big deal. So it sounds we like I'm sorry. We have a bonus too. We actually had to implement that. Talk about when you were talking about the recruiting efforts, kind of that we've had to change. Um, we offer that. We offer ten thousand. No California seventy five thousand, but <laughs> we offer ten thousand, and we kind of um, since. We use the people in-house so much to, for word of mouth. We started offering um, like a referral bonus to our own employees. Mm -hmm. So if you refer um, someone that gets hired, then you get $1,000. So kind of incentivize like our own employees referring people as well. Yeah. And 10000 is is pretty decent money. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's warranted you know, in these times, but you guys, I don't think you have to, I think you could probably do without the, the bonus and still hire people. So, um, uh, I, I like, I like what I'm hearing so far. And I think that, uh, people, uh, officers from other agencies, I want to get into a little bit, uh, we're going to take a quick break, but I want to get into a little bit about, um, Westminster's hiring. And I want to get into your lateral program, the pay and, and everything like that. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey guys, this is Steve Gould, host of the Things Police See podcast. I want to let you know the Police Applicant podcast, one of my favorite podcasts, is now offering additional members-only content for only $4.99 per month. The new subscribers-only content will feature additional episodes hosted by Ken, Donovan, and Minerva, early access to podcast episodes, special members-only YouTube content, and private meet-and-greets with the hosts and other fans. The podcast episode will still be free every two weeks, but can you believe all this extra content for only $4.99 per month? The perks are fantastic, and you'll also be supporting the valuable work our hosts provide to you. Let's face it, guys. We need people to become cops. We need these guys to guide them through it, to motivate them, to inspire them to do so. You can also support the podcast with one-time and monthly donations. The links for subscribing and donations are in the show notes in the podcast page at policebackground.net. Also, if you're interested in a podcast that concentrates on police war stories and what the men and women of law enforcement face on a day-to-day -day basis, please check out the Things Police See podcast on all podcast platforms or go to thingspolicesee.com. That was our good friend from the Things Police See podcast, Steve Gould. Steve and I used to be 
background investigators in L.A., and he moved back to Massachusetts to become a small-town police officer. So um, he's got a very successful podcast. So if you guys want to be on his podcast, let me know. I give you the hookup. He that's the War Story podcast, super popular. So um, oh, you know what? I think I talked to him actually. He yeah, might oh, actually, uh, send me his stuff. That's right. He said that that you had reached yeah. out to him. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, let's talk about your uh, Westminster's hiring, and I know you have a big focus on uh, on laterals, and I'm going to and I brought up this uh your website because this is we're going to put this on on uh, youtube for people to see and uh so we have the ten thousand dollar hiring bonus but tell us you uh jesse i can't remember exactly the conversation but it sounds like is your main focus on laterals or do you also have new hires we, we do both um you know for new hires it's a little more time sensitive because you have your two academies, you know, you have your academy in the winter, your academy in the summer. Um, so you have to basically get the process set and go through everything to make sure you get it in time for academy. Um, if you're la- if you're a lateral or certified or looking to move, um, it's a rolling process, which means it's open year round. I mean, well, I think it closes on December 31st and it'll open back up on January 1st um, because we know, especially if you're coming from out of state, it's not easy to move your family. You know, it's not easy to relocate. So you have time and we'll give you ample time. We'll be flexible with the process, with your moving. Um, we had a guy that just came in from uh, New Orleans actually. And I remember he got an offer. It was like, you know, March 1st. And he goes, I can't start March 1st. We're like, when can you start? We started April 16th or something like that. So um, we focus on both entry and, and lateral, but um obviously lateral is just going to be a lot more flexible because we don't have to put you through an academy. You know, we do, when you, when you come here, you do have to go through a mini academy, but don't let the academy word kind of uh, intimidate you. It is not an academy, right? You're coming in, you're getting, you're getting certified with us. You know, you're going to the range, you're doing your quals. We'll run, we're running through arrest control, your tactics. And there's a lot of admin logistical stuff from, you know, um, finances, retirement, pension, learn the geography and computer system and stuff like that. So, um, but if you're an entry level, just know that we do close on September 4th. So you need to get your app in within the next week and a half. Okay. So um, the range of pay for police officers, 70,000 to 104, what's that cover? That, that's everything. So if you get hired, um, if you're an entry level and you get hired, you start off at the 70 plus your hiring bonus. Um, the 104 is the top out this year, um, but we are getting a raise. I believe it's a 3.5% raise, which brings us right around 109 starting next year as a top out pay. Um, and then it goes along. So if you were to come in as a lateral this year, you'd start off at 91. If you started in 2024, it'd be right around 95. We go so, year for year experience on laterals. So yeah. we give you years actually, which is nice. So whatever years you come in with is what we're going to, pay you on our pay scale yeah. year for year. So let's say for instance, a, a five-year copper comes in as a lateral. What's that pay going to be? Top out 104852. Holy cow. Yeah. I, I, Jesse, when we get done here, I'm going to apply. I'm going to put it. Well, <laughs> good. Cause I get your uh, recruiting bonus. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that, that's pretty awesome. That that's a, a very good, 
you know, a lot of times departments will advertise certain, you know, pay ranges. And then, but the one, like the 104 is sergeant with 10 years sergeant experience. And so they kind of throw them all together. So it's it's kind of a, uh, you know, to get people in, but it doesn't cover just coming in as a police officer. So that's pretty great. One big deal. It goes back to like what, you know, Wayne was saying with coming in with experience, I'm going to use that. And you know, you're a 10 year cop. It doesn't make sense to start you at the same as a 22-year-old entry-level cop, you know? Yeah, yeah, you would think. Um, and I think that's a very good, that's a good uh, tool for, for laterals. Um, so now is there, if somebody comes in, like Wayne was was talking about earlier, someone came in as a detective or went to a detective spot shortly after hiring, is there, do they get that bump in pay, detective pay? Is there a step increase for that? No, we, uh, detectives make the same the same as officers, uh, based off years of experience, they do get a hundred dollars a month extra bonus, I believe, right? I think they get an extra hundred dollars a month, but essentially the pay is the same as officers. Okay. Um, one big deal for me is, uh, benefits. And a lot of times I remember when I, when I applied, when I first applied, I said, Oh, I get to be a police officer. And, and at the time, at the time, I went from $5 an hour to $8 an hour, $8 an hour to do police work. And I'm like, that is so much money. <laughs> so Wayne and I were getting paid the same amount of money. Um, and uh, and we're making, what was it? $1,358 per month. To That's do- why my, my dad was retired. And I was like, he, he was giving me quotes this week. He was from Orange County. He was saying the same exact thing. <laughs> it was like one thousand something a month he was making. I'm like, oh gosh. Which was tons of money. Tons <laughs> of money. Back in the twenties, I was pretty good paid off. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but what? But I never thought. It never occurred to me. I didn't think about about medical. I didn't think about retirement. Um, you know, sick leave, vacation. I didn't think about any of that stuff. It was just so cool to be a cop. And so I tell police officers on the podcast, um, I tell candidates, you need to pay attention to the benefits. So let's talk a little bit about about Westminster's benefits, um, you know, medical and 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 pension and, and sick time and all that kind of stuff, vacation time. Um, we're actually changing a lot of our time off come January. We used to do it. Um, up this year, we would just have like a general leave bank and you took everything out of your bank, regardless if you were sick or vacation or just needed a day off. Everything came out of one bank. So they're changing that in January and I don't know the rate, so I don't want to give the wrong, but we're having sick leave separated from general vacation. So everything's going to be all separated out. Um, and that goes in effect January and they haven't sent out the like final documents on it. So um, I don't know how, how many hours we're getting for that. I heard overall. Yeah. I, I believe, don't hold me to this. Yeah. I think it's 280 hours a year. How much? 280. 280? Yeah, I believe. Uh, Does that sound right? I think that sounds right. And I'll, can I tell you without giving the exact numbers because I'm not totally sure either. Yeah. I'm going to give you a generic answer. We have so much time off that, like, it, you know, we all do our time at work and then, you know, everybody has the stuff they do at their house and, 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 you know, outside their hobbies and passions and stuff. And, like, I think sometimes my wife, even she, she'll be like, do you ever work? Because I'm always home. 
Like we just have so much time off, you know? Um, but it's, it's good. It's, it's enough time that it's actually a logistical issue for the patrol commanders. Yeah. One, I mean, one of the big topics they discuss is how can they uh, keep staffing up with all the time off that people have. Wow. That's, that's pretty cool. Um, so medical benefits, what is the, what's the, is there a, a portion that the city pays and a portion that the employee pays for medical? Yeah. City covers um, a good chunk of it. It kind of depends on price point. If you're, cause you can do just yourself, you can do yourself and your spouse, or you can do your whole family. So all the prices range depending on who you want on the plan. But I mean, it's comparable to, I would say kind of other agencies, mm-hmm. Um, but they pay a good portion of it. So gosh, I don't even remember how much I pay a month, but for a whole family's on my whole family's on mine and it's, it's nothing that significant whatsoever. So they, they cover a huge chunk of it. And then we have dental, we have vision, we have, um, actually, if you, depending on what you sign up for, I even get one where I get, it's, it falls under, I get chiropractic, um, massage and PT all under one as well, all under my insurance. So that's actually huge for me. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, as far as the pensions go, what's the what's the contribution and the and the percentage uh, depending on the years, I, I guess. But what's your pension program like? Boy, hard numbers. That's a good question. I'm not real sure on that. I think we're at twelve, aren't we? Twelve percent. Yeah, it's twelve. I think. Okay. It's a it's a defined it's FPPA. So if a person wanted to look it up, it really gets into the weeds, like all pension programs. But if they wanted to look it up. It'd be FPPA, Colorado, um, to get into the weeds on it. But basically, um, it has a lot of options. And I think with retirement, that's important Mm -hmm. because um, people want to diversify, and it gives them the ability to do that. Everybody's situation is a little bit different, especially laterals who've already spent maybe half their life in the career. Mm -hmm. Um, We have actually had – well, let me get to what it is first. Primarily, it's defined benefit. So for those who don't understand, that means that a certain percentage builds up, time and percentage equals a particular amount of pay. So every month they're going to be getting whatever that number is based on their time in service uh, and a few other variables. But it's not like a a money purchase or anything like that. Um, so on its face, it's a defined benefit FPPA. We have had people lateral over specifically for, and and these are lateral cops who've spent, you know, they're, they're looking toward the end of their careers, actually shoot Mm -hmm. thinking about it as I'm saying it, we've had a bunch. Yeah. We've had guys with 28 years on that came over here Mm. because of the, because of the benefit and they can buy in when they get here, they can buy into the benefit that'll pay them out of pension. So if they've been in, something like a 401k or money purchase plan and want to convert that to a pension, they can come here. They have to get vested, which I'm actually, I'm not going to throw the numbers out because I don't want to be incorrect, but they have to get vested, but they can buy into the program and uh, get a defined benefit. Defined benefits for Colorado is kind of a newer thing. Like I know California has had it mm-hmm. forever. Um, that's why we switched, I believe in 2017. Would that yeah, sound right? Like that. We switched over from a 401k to a defined benefit through FPPA. And um, we were one of one of the newer agencies that, or the um, one of the first ones to do it. So we got actually quite a few laterals when that happened because a lot of agency or people at agencies wanted to go to it, but 
their departments or their city council weren't supportive of it. So we had actually quite a few laterals during that process. Um, and people were, you know, hesitant at first, but now when you really do the math, it's nice knowing if I had this many years, this is how much money I get. So, so a, a defined benefit sounds like, um, like you say in California, where you, you get X, per, X percentage per year credited to your yeah. pension. And then um, at the end of it, it all adds up and, and that's what your pension is for the rest of your life. Um, and is there, is it, is your pension state run? FPPA is not state run. No, it's a uh, fire police um, pension association. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, no, it's not state run, okay. which is why, um, and I'm not good at the retirement stuff. So I don't want to speak, but I know we were excited about that because when you, when you really start looking into going to, you want to make sure it's going to last, right? Because I know in California, there's probably been some scares here or there where this one is, what's the word, vested or fully funded or whatever words they use um, beyond how they, some of the state ones that we have will run. Yeah. And, and uh, Wayne, you were saying that there's a, there's a time to get vested in. Is that f- usually five years or so to get vested in the pension? That's what I was going to say. I believe it's five years, but I didn't look that up right before coming in here. So. Don't hold me to it, but I'm 95% sure it's five years. Yeah. I, uh, that's, that's super important for the people listening to this. Uh, it's very, very important that you pay attention to what, uh, the retirement, uh, plans are and pensions. And do you guys have medical into retirement? We just, that's a new thing for us too. So I, we do have it now. They're going to, you can stay on city plan and they pay a portion of it. Um, of the monthly dues. They just got that this year. Did we? Yeah, just year? this year. Um, there's a rule of 80 and some, some logistics yeah. that have to be taken care of. But essentially, as long as you stay on the city health insurance, you're allowed to stay on the city health insurance. The only thing you lose is that the city doesn't pay the percentage that they pay for employees. Mm-hmm. However, if you meet the rule of 80, so roughly being 55 years old and having a career here, they, um, they pay what is the equivalent of roughly half of health insurance for one person. So then that goes up a little bit exponentially if you add people to it. But the bottom line is you can stay on the city health, uh, city health plan. And for an individual, they pay roughly half of it. That's and great. That half continues at least it's reviewed annually, but the plan is for that to continue until you're 65 and hit Medicare. And he knows that the most because he's the closest to yeah. it. <laughs> he's, been, he's been 55 for what, like 30 years? Yeah, I'm being careful how much information I put out there to show how much research yeah. maybe I've done. Yeah. Yeah. Down on us. Yeah. But I, actually, the, the medical aspect in Colorado, that's a new thing for us too. Like we agencies, um, it's not really a thing for them to cover your medical when you retire. And that's kind of, we're in the limbo of the 55 to 65 and what do you do? So then just doing that, I think was, was exciting for us. I know a lot of, of our employees are really excited about it. Yeah. I, I, uh, I've talked to a number of officers and I moved up to Washington state in 20, early 2019. And I was surprised to find out that the most of the police agencies in Washington State they don't have medical into retirement. So a lot of the officers they when they retire, they don't get medical and they have to work a gap job until Medicare, and uh, that's sixty five. And so uh, and then there's agency. And I first 
found out about it when I started working. I went back to backgrounds in 2006, and it was when there were a bunch of officers from different agencies were retired, and they were working backgrounds. So I got to talk to a lot of different officers from agencies all around. Found out that so different the medical benefits into retirement. One officer was from Orange County Sheriff's Department, and they had a, a medical 401k. And they're, so when they retired, for the whole family, the husband and wife, it was over $2,000 a month for medical insurance. And once, you're, once your 401k medical runs out, you don't have any money. You don't have a medical. And then some one, one guy knew his, he was covered by his department, but his wife, her premiums were not covered. And medical insurance is expensive. Uh, once you retire, so that's those are things I always tell people to look into. You've guys, you guys have. Um, uh, it looks like I'm looking at the forty hours of leave, um, general leave, cash out. That's kind of yeah. That kind of looks like the regular uh, term life insurance. Ed- oh yeah, tell us about education and training. That's that's a big deal too. Um, I'll get into the training first. Um, This was actually one of the biggest draws for me. And then this is one of, if not the biggest thing that I talk about uh, when I talk to to guys looking at lateral or, you know, entry-level guys who most of them, you know, they apply as they should to five, six, eight departments, whatever, you know. Um, The training here is probably, the, in my opinion, the way it's supposed to be done. Um, I think we can all agree that in the police world, we don't train enough. Um, the quote that we've all heard, at least once in our careers, you can never train enough for a job that can kill you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't agree more. And, you know, I don't know how it is in California, but I've talked to a lot of departments out here in some other states where they do the minimum. You know, they, they go through their qual and they do their two hours of rest control and, you know, their one hour of tactics and some investigation. That's it the whole year. Um, we, you can't get better as a cop if you're doing the absolute minimum amount of training for your entire career. Um, the way we set up our schedule is we have what are called a common day or it's like an overlap day. So I know a lot of departments out here, they have for all shifts, they have an A side to B side. So I think it's pretty common where at least in the Metro or the suburban departments where they have a Sunday to Wednesday is like an A side and a Wednesday to Saturday is a B side. Um, we have that except that we have three overlap days. We call them common days. Um, so our common days would be Tuesday for graves, Wednesday for swings and Thursday for uh, day shift. Um, each common day is a training day. So we have three training days each week. And the way it might look is if I'm on a side of the week, name the shift and Wayne's on B side. So week one, a side, um, we train his side works the road. And then the following week they train, we work the road. Um, so you're training every single week with every single department. Now, you know, if maybe there's something that comes up where, you know, I miss the training or there's something I want to tighten up a little bit, you know, maybe, I, I don't know, you know, my 25 yard shooting or people come to us for a rest control all the time. Um, you can go and train any of those three days and get extra reps in extra instruction in. And we do that all year for all disciplines. We'll do, range, arrest control, officer survival tactics, um, investigation, first aid, um, you know, our admin computer stuff, but every single week we're training and it shows on the street. Um, it, you can see the way that we work and how efficient we are compared to maybe somebody who trains 
once a week or some of these people, you know, I mean, I, we do officer survival multiple times a year and that includes building searches, tactics, um, felony stops, room entries, things like that. I know a lot of these places you do, you go to the Academy, you do that. You don't do it the rest of your career. Mm-hmm. It shows with us on the street versus some of the departments maybe that don't train uh, quite as much. Yeah. That's important. The training. Yeah. Um, so do you have a, uh, Bonuses for uh, education, uh, master's degree, bachelor's? No, we don't do any bonuses for any any education. Okay. But you do pay for, it looks like you pay for uh, tuition reimbursement, though. Yes. That's that's pretty great. It yeah, it's 25, so 2500 a month. And, and a year. Oh, I'm sorry, a year. Um, I wish it was a month. See how recruiters log. <laughs> I, go, I go back to school. <laughs> 2500 um, Yeah, 2500 a year. And a lot of guys do that, you know, I mean, they, they come in with a couple credits shy of a college degree um, or, you know, associates or whatever it may be. And they're, you know, they can go back and do online school again with the, with the way we have our schedule set with time off. If you want to go back to school, you can, you have time. We have one of our detectives. It's in a PhD program right now. Um, wow. So, yeah. You know, I, I don't mean to put anybody on the spot, but this is a big deal. It just came up to me. Um, yeah. Is mental health awareness uh it's it's they've they finally after a number of years somebody decided that police officer suicides were a mental health crisis uh and it's becoming somewhat of a big deal but it's contingent on every single agency to have a program in-house so that their officers are taken care of and after 2020 we're finding that that the stress of police work has been pretty great um I, it doesn't sound like uh, Westminster would have a big, that much of a stress factor because you guys already take care of your officers and you back them. And that's been a big problem. Uh, is there any, are there any programs for mental health wellness for the officers? Yeah. I mean, we have, we have what's called peer support. So we have um, employees that are on the team that you can go talk to at any time confidential, but we also use, um, I don't want to name drop the name, but we use a company that at any point you can just call them and go seek counseling of some sort. Um, and we don't know anything about it at the agency. We just have a contract with them. And um, so you can go on your own and just show up and call them, talk to them, whatever you want. And it's all confidential. We don't find out about it over here, which is kind of nice. I think that's a lot of the fear from police officers is they don't want the agency to know. They don't want to be embarrassed, yeah. whatever the circumstance might be. So the fact that it's confidential, I think has helped. I actually think we've had quite a few officers use it um, and seems to help. We also do um, like two weeks ago, I think we had family night. So where we bring in um, people's families with them too, and try to get the family more involved with everything. And then we had um, counselors at the family night. We all had dinner counselors here and they kind of had break off groups for different topics to talk about to, you know, make sure it's also obviously such a strain on people's families. So trying to get them more involved so maybe they can be supportive in areas that they wouldn't know that they would need to be supportive in. Um, so just kind of having some educational things from that. Yearly check-ins. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. We started doing that a while back where the same contract that we use, they come in and um, they actually made it mandatory for every officer to go talk to the counselor, and they did it at the police department. So it wasn't an inconvenience in your day off having to drive in. It's when you're working um, and you have to go. And if you don't want to say anything, that's fine. You just show up, 
say, I don't really want to talk and mm-hmm. then you can be on your way, but it kind of forces you to go there. So maybe if there is something that you just want to ask about or talk about, they're right there. There's, you know, no reason to pull back and not do it if you have to be there anyways. Yeah. And those, those have been some that was recently implemented. And it all goes back to that administrative support, right? Yeah. I mean, without, without that support, none of these things happen. And these things are extra expenses that the department doesn't necessarily have to take on things like that. But if they care, where do you start? You start with caring about your people. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, cause you've apparently been in the business quite a while too. We're big, tough cops. We don't need any help with anything. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So they, use some mechanisms to take that out, like making it mandatory. I do it too. And I'm not a guy to go run to somebody and talk to them about whatever, whatever, but anyway, (laughs) but it's cool. And and the people, there's a police family affiliation with it as well. So it's not like they're bringing in some outside agency who doesn't understand cops. These are cops, family members, these are, you know, it's it's in the police community, so they get cops. And that, that was my experience being an older guy who wasn't really brought up that way, right? So you go, it's mandatory, you have to show up, and then you have somebody there who gets it. They get you, and it's like, oh, this is pretty cool. And and I was even asked by the person, you know, what's my feeling about this? I'm like, well, honestly, I'd rather be sitting at my desk working and whatever. And they understood that. We made some fun of it. But I saw the value, too, and the value is you catch that outlier. And we have 200 people. And if you catch one, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. That one person who's not going to reach out, that one person who's going to complain the entire time that they're forced to do this meeting. Right. Um, and they've, they've got a kind of, they have a preconception about what it's going to be like. They find out it's different, but then they say something where we do as an agency need to help them out a little bit, um, whether they want it or not. So, if we catch one, it's a good thing. I think that's a good program that we've got going here. As much as I'm that guy, I'm like, oh, I got my 30 minute meeting. I'll leave all my work and I'll go do the thing now. But it's cool. Um, they also just hand you like a stack of resources, which is nice. I think, like, even if you didn't yeah. want to take the opportunity to talk, they just hand you a stack of paperwork and maybe at home you'll go through it and reach out on something else that, that they have available. So, there's a lot of benefit to it. But it, I think that talking about like administratively how they're supportive they're always looking for ways to help us if anybody went to the chief and said i think this would be valuable for officers he would be absolutely let's try it like they definitely are always trying to find ways to make sure that we're all okay and uh, they're supportive in, in any of those areas too so that's the thing i think that is unique about our department if you bring anything to any of our administrative i hear yes more than i've ever heard no so that's that's very good to hear. Uh, as far as uh, as far as hiring goes, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, for for laterals, uh, these are officers that have been state certified, and they have a, a post certificate. Do you have post? We do. <clears throat> so so they're post certified. What about officers from out of state? Because I can see people. One of the big audiences, uh, part of our audience is is officers who are sick and tired of working at their agency that doesn't support them. And they're, and I, I talk to people, I talk to candidates every week and I talk to officers every week too, but um, there are some, they're just, just wanting to get out of the state that they're in. What are the requirements to lateral from out of state? So um, the way that it works here is if you have uh, at least one year of experience 
as a cop anywhere else. You can um, come here and you start working. You have six months to become Colorado Post certified. And the way you do that is you can challenge post or mm-hmm. test out is actually the word that they use. Um, and, you know, you come when you, when you come here, you're a mini academy, you go to all our trainings. It'll get you basically all the, I don't know, the right words, points or whatever for your post certification. Um, and sometime within six months, you have to go to the post uh, headquarters, which is about 20 minutes away from here. And you test out. You have to test out on firearms, um, arrest control, and driving. And then you take the written test. We will help you with that. Um, as far as I know, from all of our out-of-state guys, not a single person has ever had an issue with it. Um, and then as soon as you do that, you literally get your grade that day. Um, and then you're post-certified. So it makes it so you don't have to go to an academy. Um, again, you know, you go to our mini academy, which is more just a just training, just training and logistical you know, finances and things like that. So, um, you just have to reach out. Um, yeah. they have to, they have to issue you a provisional, um, when you get hired. So you just reach out, you know, you get fingerprints and they check kind of your status at whatever state you're coming from and just make sure there's no issues. You're not running from anything. Um, and then they'll, once you complete all the steps from post in the beginning part, they'll, they'll issue you a provisional that allows you to now work in the state of Colorado. And then you have that six months to test out. Okay. So, so, uh, like in California, you can ask for a post waiver and, uh, and that, and if you have all the requirements for training and stuff like that, then you get post certified in California, but there's no follow-up training that you have to have. The most of the time is maybe, maybe a two week Academy, uh, where you learn the codes and you learn policies for that department and stuff. But for Colorado, there's, there's three classes you have to take. No, you don't have to go to a class. You, you just have to test out on it. So you know, you go, they, they take you to the range, you do their qual, which is a state qual. Um, they have a little rest control um, curriculum that you do that will help you out with. And then you do a, the driving, the driving course. Um, and then after you do that, and that, that takes, that's the first half of the day. The second half of the day is your written test. You get that graded. If you pass that, you pass the other three, you're good to go. Okay. Um, so what is the, so I'm going to, I'm going to combine the two for a new hire and a, and a lateral, what's the hiring process steps and what is the process like? And especially the background investigation, is it, is it mandated by post? Is it fairly in depth? Um, I don't, I don't know that it's mandated by post, but we absolutely do a background investigation. Um, so kind of what the whole process looks like. I guess um, I'll kind of cover it, the trainee process. That's a brand new, brand new person wanting to get sponsored through the academy. Uh, first step we do is once they apply is you have to take a written test. Um, if you successfully pass a written test, then we do phone screens after that's oral boards. And then if you pass oral boards, you go into background investigations. Um, and if you pass backgrounds, then that's um, when you're getting job offers and we're sending you to the academy. So that's kind of the steps you have to pass to get there. As far as background investigation, I would say we do a, a thorough investigation. Um, we're calling people where um, you have to go in and fill out the questionnaire about all kind of the, the things we need to look into a little bit more, more deep. Wayne is our uh, obvious expert in the background investigations. He's been doing it 27, 20, 22. 22 years. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, no, but it, they're, they're thorough. It's uh, part of the background investigation is um, 
obviously the references, but then we do polygraph or CBSA, depending on um, what we have availability for. And then we do a psych component to it, psychologist appointment. Um, what else am I missing? Yeah, job suitability assessments. Yeah, job suitability assessment. Yeah, obviously, we're looking at employers, residences, mm -hmm. release contacts, you know, not any kind of history, uh, whether it's formal or not, uh, criminal history. <clears throat> um, just to dovetail something that we do, and maybe we would get to it, but Sergeant Hall was detailing out what we make a trainee go through, right? So one of the things that we've done is for certified and lateral candidates, they don't have to take that written test. Mm. We, I mean, ultimately for a cop, you need to make sure that they can write reports. We have ways to check that with lateral cops and with a certified person, someone who has been through the police academy, if they can make it through the police academy and pass the post test, they can write reports. Mm -hmm. So that's just, I, I don't know if I'd call it a bonus or a benefit, but with trainees, they take the written test. That's where they start. And I only mention this because I know cops hate written tests. So if you're <laughs> yeah. a cop somewhere else, a lateral looking to come here, you don't have to take that written test. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. As far as the background, uh, it's, we go pretty deep on them. Um, and I've, we have seen different qualities of background. I would hope that ours is on the high end. Uh, you get paper backgrounds where people take what's brought in, they document it, put it in your format and kick it. And that's not a background investigation. Mm -hmm. That's a background documentation. Um, we do a background investigation. The, the good thing with that is we get good results, but it's also everything's case by case. And a lot of times we get calls, well, what if I had this or what if I had this? Everything is case by case, and that's from the chief down. Uh, he doesn't want to be locked into a corner where, where we have to hire or where we can't hire somebody because of an issue. Uh, and we're a pretty forgiving agency. So for anybody looking, what I would say, and I do say to these people, is just tell us the truth. We're pretty forgiving. We're not looking for perfect people, or none of us would be here. But we do go in-depth on these backgrounds, and we understand people and human behavior. And... Bad stuff happens in people's lives and bad decisions are made sometimes in people's lives. But as long as there's not a pattern of something like that, we're going to be good to go. Yeah. I've so, told, uh, I'm sorry, you're going to say. No, just when we're looking at employees, you look at, can the person be a good employee and can for this position, can they be a good cop? So you have to look at that as a couple different branches. And the, the first two things that we're looking at, if you had to cloud all this under two umbrellas, is integrity, number one. Mm -hmm. And I don't even need to go into that. That's, that is the job. And then uh, people skills, because that's the job too. So if we have a person with good integrity and good people skills, then we're rolling. Yeah, I, uh, the uh, good background investigators know the term, you lie, you die. And uh, I've sat across. I've sat across from hundreds of candidates, and uh, there are many that I've told and said, "You, you're not being DQ'd because of what you did. You're being DQ'd because you lied about it." Yeah. You know, I, I just have that discussion. Yeah, ninety percent of the time, it's not what they did. Yeah. It's the and it's frustrating because what yeah. they did isn't a big deal, and you want to hire the person, but you can't hire someone who's lying to you. Yeah, and I, I've, I. Generally, as in the years I've done backgrounds, I've I've never gotten personally like invested so much into into the candidates. But there have been a number of candidates where they're just so outstanding, and then 
they did something in their background and I couldn't sew their head back on. So they broke my heart because I, <laughs> you, you idiots, you know, uh, but that happens in backgrounds. And Wayne, I got something for you that you, you'll be able to appreciate is I got contacted a few months ago by two LAPD officers and both of them told me the same thing. They said, hey, I want to let you know you did my background 25 years ago and I just retired. So, well, uh, when, when your oh, candidates, I don't think I've had that yet. <laughs> you'll no. you'll get there. Also, I bet. So so as far as uh, as far as your your background go, one of the things I wanted to, I wanted to ask about, and I think I ask everybody about this who's been through an academy, and who's a background investigator or hiring, is the academies. Um, now you're you're your uh, laterals don't go to, to an, another academy, but for your new hires, one of the big deals for me, and, and this is because I'm, I'm really old school and it's difficult for me to change is uh, an old time, a friend of ours, who's an old time, he's been doing SWAT for close to 30 years now. He's from Tennessee. And one time he turned and he termed an academy as the, a gentleman's academy. And, and then there's the hardcore stress academies. I am not a fan of, of gentlemen's academies. I'm a fan of old school stressed academies. But uh, this is, a, this is a, a changing thing. You talk to different people. They tell you, well, there's police college, and we don't really stress. We don't really make them. Do, like Washington State, they don't really make them do any PT at all. And they don't yell at them and all this kind of stuff. So what is... What is it? Do you guys have a regional academy, and what is your academy like? We've had um, we change academies depending on what's available. A lot of times, the way our city's situated is we're in two different counties. If that makes sense. So currently, we have um, three people in what we call our Jefferson County Academy, one of the county academies, um, and then we've had to resort. Sometimes we have you know where there's no availability of that academy, we'll, we'll try one of the community colleges out. Um, just cause we've already got people hired and we got to send them somewhere. So we kind of move around. We don't have a dead set. This is what we're sending them to. Um, I would say that we're probably stress wise. I would say Jefferson County is pretty stressful. Um, everyday PT for sure. Yeah. They do PT a lot. And, um, I don't know if it's to the caliber of old school California Academy by any means, cause my parents went through those, but, um, <laughs> I would say it's still, it's stressful. Did you? Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know where it would be on the scale. I would say if I had a guess between like part of the academies and the easy academies, I would say we're mid-level would be my yeah. guess where we kind of state to state where we, where we stand. There's definitely stress in it. But um, I, I remember when I got out of the academy, it was stressful. I had to study, but then I remember thinking FTO was the most stressful thing ever. So I definitely think that we're probably mid-range in all the academies that we send them to. Cool. Did your parents go to, uh, you said the Orange County Sheriff's Academy? Yeah. That is notoriously one of the hardest, hardcore academies in the state of California. Well, I hope my parents don't listen to this because we're going to hold it against me now. <laughs> oh, that is, an, that is old school. If you... If 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 you didn't get sent home with your lunch money crying in your car, then you know that you made it through that academy. That's notoriously hardcore academy. I I love hearing when people go there. You made it through that academy. Okay, cool. 
Um, so how long is the Academy in, in Colorado? Um, like right now our July Academy graduates in December. So six months. Good. As it should be. (laughs) So, and, uh, and FTO, how is FTO? How long is that? Cause you said your probation's 12 months, right? Yeah. Um, it kind of ranges depending on how you're doing. Obviously when we get a lateral that has 15 years on and they're squared away, we can get them through an FTO program a lot faster. I would say on average, a brand new person coming out of Academy is probably 16 weeks, I think is a fair statement, but it all depends on, we don't have a set time. It depends on how, how fast you pick things up, I guess, because mm-hmm. you go a little bit faster, you can get extended and that's fine as long as you're showing progress type thing. So 16 weeks, I would say is average for a new police officer. Oh, okay. Wayne, I, when I, when I got out of the Academy, I, it was, it was 12 months long. I was on probation for 12 months. The train officer said, don't touch the windows. Don't touch my radio. I didn't get to drive for six months for six months. And, uh, I didn't touch the radio for sure, for sure. And the, and the officers made fun of me all day long. So, um, (laughs) been there before. I keep referring to Wayne because I feel like we have a kindred spirit, Wayne. We're like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm there with you. <laughs> so, um, would you say that you know, and and I and I can appreciate really hardcore FTO training, but then again, I can also appreciate. I work with some great FTOs, some great training officers, and they didn't stress me out so much that I was, you know. Uh, puddling in the in the car all the time, and I was able to learn. There were some great FTOs. You, are your your what's your FTO program like? So I think the FTO, along with all the disciplines that people are instructors in, you got to think of it more as a coach, right? Where we're not gonna we're not here to make it so stressed where you know you're going to a basic, you know, name it criminal trespass call that you're so worried you're going to make a mistake and get yelled at, you do it wrong. Um, We're here to teach you. We're here to help you improve. And we're here to give you criticism, both good and bad. So FTO and and our disciplines, everybody's a coach who's there to help you. Um, And FTO for a trainee, it's obviously going to be a little bit more because, you know, these guys come in and they don't even know how to tie their boots. So it's going to be a lot more step-by-step and, you know, they're going through their, their phase one. There's not a lot of expectations. And then as they hit phase three and phase four, the expectations get more and more where they finally wind up doing what's called the ghost week where the FTO Mm. is in, um, you probably have the same thing, you know, they're in street clothes and they're just there to make sure there's no safety issues. And they're just watching the trainee Uh, as a lateral. It's a lot easier. It's more, you know, how to be a cop. We're just going to show you how Westminster does it. Geography, computers, um, paperwork, dealing with different jails and, and, incidents and stuff like that. So obviously the, the, the lateral one's going to be a lot shorter, but again, it's, you have to look at it as you're here to learn and whoever's your instructor and whatever you're learning is a coach who's here to teach you. Um, so sometimes a coach, if you played sports, you're going to get yelled at at times, but a good coach is somebody who makes that person better and makes them more, I guess, willing to learn and willing to improve. What is a what is a top tier Westminster candidate look like, whether lateral or or a, a new hire? Oh, top tier Westminster officer. Um, I mean, I think I, the I, biggest top tier officer for us is I. 
I mean, I think we, I mean, moral standard, yeah. integrity, I would say, is for yeah. me, the top tier Westminster officer. Um, I want to make sure you're going to do the right thing for the right reason type thing. It's a tough question, honestly, <laughs> yeah. because in my mind, every Westminster officer is a top yeah. tier officer. Yeah. And that's that's the expectation we have. We, I mean, we don't pull any punches with it. We're not looking for average people. Mm-hmm. We're not. We don't hire average people. We're not going to do that to the people out here working on the road. Mm. Um, they're top tier officers. We hire top tier officers, pure and simple. Um, and we believe that. Yeah. So, and right now, even, um, you know, we're authorized 199. We have 186. So we got 13 vacancies. And I'm holding out on those 13 vacancies yeah. until we can find, I mean, people apply and they're just not quite the caliber we're looking for and we're not going to take them just to fill those spots. So I think that's what keeps our agency kind of with the reputation that it's having and the good quality work is I'm not willing to fill it with, and the chief's not willing to fill it either with just people that aren't going to kind of fit exactly what we're looking for. We won't, we won't drop our standards. I mean, we've had, you know, we could have however many spots open and we have two people that, that fit both from, um, they pass all the, the hiring process and fit with the character of a Westminster officer. Hire them. We've had processes where we haven't hired anybody because we would rather hire nobody and run with quality than be like, hey, we got you know twelve spots to fill and just put twelve people out there because that's not fair to the citizens. That's not fair to the officers. So you guys, uh, you guys don't take other departments' broken toys. And no. uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. yeah, no, we don't. And that's, I mean, that it, it all kind of weaves together in the support that we get from admin because a lot of administrators, it's a numbers game. I just need raw numbers. Just give them to me because that's the pressure I'm getting from city hall. And that's not this. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest with you, even if that was this, our chief wouldn't allow for that. He, uh, he holds us to a high standard. He And we will only bring in top tier candidates, period. We'd rather run short, which is uh, great. Yeah. To me, I mean, it's a philosophical thing, but it starts at the, t- it has to be supported at the top and it starts at the mm-hmm. top. And that's only fair to the people and their families of the, the people on the road. Yeah. This is, this, we, we laugh and make jokes, but this is serious business. This isn't, I'm not going to get the sales that I expect from people. You know, when you're going through doors with people, that's serious. So you start dropping standards in an environment like that, you're going to get somebody hurt and we just won't do it. Yeah. And I think that there's a, a couple of components to that is, is that uh, you, you can uh, be a police officer and you could jaywalk and get a ticket. The first thing the news is going to say is Westminster police officer got a ticket. They don't care mm-hmm. anything else because it, you, as long as your officers stay out of the news for doing the right thing, then that's a good officer. We, and we, you know, I was, I was talking to, uh, to Jesse a while back, we did a, a, um, an interview. We put it up on YouTube too, with, uh, with Rachel Flick, uh, mm-hmm. Micah Flick's wife. She did a phenomenal job, phenomenal job, but I never knew Micah, obviously, but the description, uh, that Rachel gave and the, and the officers that spoke about him, that's, that he he kind of makes me think that he would be a perfect example of what a Westminster officer would be like. The integrity, the 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 family. He was a family man. He was just a do the right thing. And she talked about he would 
he wanted to learn something in detectives. So she, he came home with a book like this thick because he wanted to be the best he could be. And uh, that sounds like something that the type of people that you hire, um, because everybody gets tons and tons of, of applications, but you guys have to be kind of picky in who you choose because you are hiring to reputation. You know, that was kind of a mistake I made when I first came into this, this role is I was like, okay, you know, I'm here as a recruiter. Um, I want to get applications in. And I did, I was getting a lot of people coming through the door, but I wasn't really doing a good job of kind of screening them through because, you know, we have all these applications except how many of them are actually quality and can even get hired. So it's something I've been kind of working on too. We're now all kind of talk to people on the front end to see if, you know, not saying they're going to get hired right away from talking to them, but are they somebody who could be a good Westminster officer who could pass our background and, you know, that we want to bring in the door to at least give an opportunity to test versus just going on the street, handing off flyers and say, Hey, come out and test, come out and test. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Well, you know, if, if you get screened out, so be it because that's not the type of person that we're looking for. We're looking for a good quality um, applicant that even being a good quality applicant, there's still a chance you might not, you know, make it all the way through. Um, that's just, you know, part of the game. Yeah. And there's a, there's a difference between some departments uh, that like yours who go, Hey, we're hiring you guys interested in it. And the other departments go, please apply, please <laughs> apply. Yeah. And that's a, that's a, uh, that's something that you need to, to uh, keep an eye on. But uh, in, in closing, I just want to say that I love your guys' integrity. I love the way you present yourselves. Um, just the department just seems like a great place to work. And, uh, and the reputation that you have there's, I tell candidates all the time that when you're applying with a, when you're applying to be a police officer, one thing that you have to keep in mind and, and, uh, background investigators used to be called the gatekeepers of the department. And they're the ones who, who vetted all these people that came in and wanted to wear your badge. That badge is the same badge that every officer that is a hero and left a legacy at Westminster police department that you want that badge and we're just not going to give it away. You have to earn it. And that is what I'm getting from you guys today. So in closing, I'm going to ask a, um, um, a, uh, a response from all three of you. Uh, I'm going to ask a question. 2020 was a difficult time for our nation's police departments. And uh, it's difficult to get to get people to apply, and you guys aren't having so much of a problem. But what words of wisdom would you give to someone who's never been a police officer and wants to still do the job in light of um, in light of all the bad press and things like that, and and people who have tried to disparage the the job of police officer? So, what would you say to people? that still want to apply uh, even though it's not the most popular thing in the world, because I believe it's a calling. So uh, Wayne, I'm going to start with you. Oh man. <laughs> Pressure right off the bat. <laughs> um, what I would tell them is, is don't pay too much attention to the noise. Yeah. Um, and one thing, and it's been a lesson for me. Um, I came in right after Rodney King. And it didn't affect me at all as far as my desire to do the job. 
people should be coming into this job for the right reasons. And if they're coming in for the right reasons, none of that stuff really affects you. But you have to pay attention to it. You have to be responsive to it. But as it, if you're the right person for this job, it really doesn't affect you because you should already be doing the things that, that those incidents do not represent. So don't pay attention to the noise. Do your thing. You're going to be just fine. <clears throat> and if you want to get in this job, um, you're a hero, pure and simple. Yeah, and follow, follow, follow that. I think we're, we're done. done. <laughs> so now, so now I'm glad I went first. Yeah, <laughs> I can't follow that up for you. I truly believe that. So. Um, one thing I'm going to say with that is you kind of touched upon this, and it's I'm I'm glad you did. I I'm actually uh, writing an article right now for Police One, and what it's about is doing your research before you pick a department. Um, there are some departments out there in every single state, wherever you live, that have been negatively affected from 2020 and they haven't recovered um, from whether it's staffing, morale, um, politics, whatever it may be there, they have not yet recovered. There's some departments that not only have they recovered, but it really didn't affect them. And I will tell you, Westminster is one of those departments. Um, do your research on your departments before you apply, because this is a great job and it will be a stressful job but just you want the stress to come from the job itself, not from the department. If you do your research and you look at the departments and you see how they act, how they train, the camaraderie, the work ethic, the morale, just the overall character of the department, just know that when you do get in those stressful situations on your at the job or you know on your calls, it's done there because you have the support of your department. Um, so make sure you're not just blindly applying that you're really looking out and trying to find a department that's not only a good fit for you, but like you said, you know, you're looking it up. It, it's not on the news every you know week for something negative for the past three years, or, you know, they're not just handing out flyers to anybody and say, Hey, come work for us, dropping their standards. So you may be working with a Wayne Reed or you may be working with somebody that you might have to arrest, you know, uh, down the road. So do your research, Look for a quality department. There's a lot of good departments out there. Um, so make sure you pick one of them. Awesome. And our last. That was good. That was good too, yeah. Anyway, we're done. <laughs> I guess for a newbie, um, I would have gone the direction with Wayne. I mean, and the research. It's like we, you get a lot of noise here and there, like Wayne said. And, you know, overall, pick a department where your community is going to support you so you don't have to deal with that type of, you know, those type of issues. But I think a lot of it, too, is, like, not to get discouraged putting in for this job. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of time. And we just need people that are willing to um, not just get discouraged, do the research, put in for the job, um, give it your all, and just be all in on it. Because it is a lot of um, going to the academy, going through FTO need to support a family and you need to make sure you kind of know what you're getting into. Um, so I guess that would be my advice for somebody brand new trying to get into it. That's awesome. I want to thank you guys for being here. I think it's a, a this was a great episode. It's going to be up on YouTube as well. And so um, with that, uh, I appreciate you, what you guys are doing out there and to, you know, to hire police officers has been a tough thing, but you guys are doing it right, and your department's doing it right, too, as far as retention and everything. So thank you so much, and we are going to be out of here. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to the Police Applicant Podcast. We are the premier police background prep site in the U.S. and Canada. For more information on scheduling your police background consultation, go to policebackground.net. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes.